This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you would like. 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. And all the features on the site we give away to you for free. So go and enjoy freetalklive.com. With you in the studio this evening, it is Ian. Allie. And Daryl. Allie is here back with us and uh, kind of a surprise. You just showed I up. I know. I just kind of showed up. <laughs> showed up into town and uh, posted, hey on, posted on Facebook <laughs> and you're back. And I thought it was just going to be like a holiday visit, but it turns <laughs> out you're back for good. That's right. So, Back in Keene, this is where the heart is. So DC, you know, it was. A, I'm sure it was an experience. You were, and by the way, we'll talk about the gun thing here in a moment. But uh. <laughs> yes, I learned so much, and what an incredible experience it was! It was awesome being able to produce all this great content for Adam versus the Man, and um, I'm glad I did it. Yeah, you did some a lot of writing, as I understand it, and then you co-hosted with Adam as well. Yeah, and. Uh, the co-hosting, obviously, I had experience doing sure. with Free Talk Live, but the writing Liberty content was the most exciting part because uh, my mom's always wanted me to write, and I never thought that I could. I never saw that happening in my future to to be published, and it was really cool to see something that I wrote be made into a video and then get all this feedback and, and viewership. So that was cool. And you were so kind as to make one that really kind of featured um, Keen and some of the things that I had done here, as well as uh, the Free State Project, which I thought was fantastic. So yeah, that was a really fun one to write. Now, so, while, while you were down there, did you ever get the chance to actually go into D.C.? I did go into D.C., but it wasn't for anything political. I just wanted to check it out, uh, you know, had some time off and so you went to some of the museums, I guess? No, didn't go to any museums. I went uh Georgetown to Georgetown. It's like okay. a very college? What, it's or like university. a wealthy university. It's a wealthy like little area. Oh yeah, there's the neighborhood called Georgetown. Yeah, that's what I where And then I went. there's the university that's in that area. Okay. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with DC. I didn't obviously I only went went there once and then the other only other time I've been there was like for a field trip in 5th grade. So I'm <laughs> not really familiar with it. So did you did you connect with like the Liberty movement around in DC at all, or was it mostly just focusing on producing a TV show and Yeah, and I that? saw some I met some people, some activists that, that stayed on there and that was really cool. And uh, you know, like Meg McLean and mm-hmm. uh Nathan Cox, I saw them. Meg's down in Austin. She now. just moved, yeah. Yeah. That's right. But I got to see her, I guess, before she, she went to Austin. Cool. It sounds like it was exciting. Glad to have you back on board, and I'm sure we'll talk more about whatever whatever it is you decide to do next yeah. as that happens. AllieHavens.com, still the website, right? That's right. Okay. So, uh, obvious story is obvious uh, as far as what we should be talking about here tonight. But maybe we'll be coming at things from a different perspective than what you've been hearing throughout uh, the talk radio waves uh, today, if you've listened to any other shows uh, prior to Free Talk Live. Obviously, there was a shooting, big time. Uh, in Connecticut, the story is all over the place. This one from the Hartford Courant, where 27 people, including 20 children, are dead after a shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School. The gunman killed himself inside the school. And it goes on, of course, to talk about the terror and the horrible experience that this inevitably was for those children, not to mention the adults uh, that were privy to this encounter as well. And certainly not the first school shooting that this country has uh, experienced, and it won't be the last. Uh, Inevitably, the calls are coming now for uh, gun control with uh, Bloomberg from New York City, as well as Boston's Mayor Menino calling for a national policy on guns. 
uh, to I don't know what it is that they think they're going to do to stop crazy people from getting their hands on weaponry and going and killing innocent folks. You just put up signs that say gun-free zone that stops them every time. Right. Clearly. Uh, in fact, it seems like what it is does the reverse. Gun-free zones seem to attract the horrific killings. Whether it's the theater in Colorado from earlier this year, whether it's you know a college campus, Virginia Tech, Columbine, right. and this one, I think uh, I saw that the you know the body count in this case only was like the second highest. Virginia Tech being the highest of all time. So whether it's a college campus, whether it's an elementary school, the damage that and can be actually, inflicted. Virginia Tech was not the worst school massacre of all time. Really? There was a school bombing back in the 30s oh, wow. that wound up killing, I believe it was 45. Okay. Yeah, but then they can't enact gun control legislation after a bombing. That isn't, so no one cares about right, that. Right, and that was also back in the 1930s. You know, I have to say, I am somebody who would like to see a world without guns. I, you know, given the opportunity, I would like to press a button tomorrow and get rid of all, you know, all firearms and, you know, bazookas and nuclear weapons, things that go boom. I'd love to press that button yeah, but to get then, rid of it. But then in that case, you know, obviously people are still going to be aggressive towards one another. So even if sure. you could do that, then we would just be left with our bare strength and women would be at a disadvantage. Or knifings. There, there would be... A large number of knifings or people. I've got a story about that. Sticks, sure, crossbows. Mean words. I get where you're coming from. Chihuahuas. And I, you know, I own a firearm, so I mean, to call me a hypocrite, I just wish I could press that button and make guns go away. Because there is a story in the news today, and it just so happened to happen. To go on down today in uh, China, where a man stabbed 22 primary school students. This from the Bangkok Post. At a knife attack or in a knife attack in China today, according to officials, the latest in a series of assaults, the attacker has been detained, according to a spokesman for the county government, the Guangshan County government in the central province of Henan, where the stabbing occurred. Twenty-two elementary school students were stabbed, as well as an adult villager. So, you know, you want to talk about what happens if there's not a gun in, you know, a crazy person's vicinity. They're going to pick up a knife and they're going to inflict damage on people as well. But, of course, what is interesting to point out here is that nobody died in this attack. And that's likely because it was just a blade. I mean, you would have to stab likely multiple times in order to inflict someone, you know, enough wounding to actually perish. Well, the article... Or at least an article from znews.india.com says that one student and an 85-year-old teacher are in serious condition. From the same incident? From this incident in China. Well, now it has happened that uh, China has had several violent attacks against children over the past two years, including a spate of five incidents in which uh, in 2010, which killed 15 children and two adults and wounded more than 80. It doesn't mention what those incidents were regarding, whether it was a knife or some other weapon in that case. But given a crazy enough person, given you know the motivation to commit a crime, a horrific crime such as this, somebody's going to kill somebody, whether it's with a, a knife or a you know a club or a gun. Someone's going to be taking another person's innocent life, whether or not whatever weapons are available, crazy people are what they are. And it makes sense to to allow people to defend themselves. It makes sense to allow in the case of, you know, these schools, which are just target rich zones, basically, to allow people 
the teachers, the staff, uh, anybody that's visiting the campus to be able to carry a firearm or be able to carry whatever weapon uh, of their choice for self-defense because that's the world we live in. I'd love to press the button and get rid of guns, uh, but then again, that's not going to happen. And there are hundreds of millions of them out there in existence today. And the idea that they're going to go away anytime soon or that you can have some kind of gun buyback program and successfully clean the streets up of all the firearms. Any Whatever the political solution is here that you might be fantasizing about, if you're one of those kind of folks, whatever it is, isn't going to work. Well, my political solution is to end um, the public school system. Well, yeah, that would be a good step in the right direction. Of course, private schools could have silly policies like this as well, but you would at well, least get to choose. You know, if I owned a private school and say I even started a chain of private schools and one of my schools got shot up by some crazed killer, then that probably would look bad, pretty bad for my school. Right. That so would look very bad for I would for do your everything school. I can to prevent that from happening. And, and schools would, like cars, you know, have different security features or policies in this case. They would be competing on... You know, if parents felt safety was important, and I imagine most parents do, uh, they would be looking for those features in a private school. Of course, best solution, keep your kids home, homeschool, unschool, in my opinion. I actually had somebody unfriend me on Facebook because I suggested unschooling today. How And had comments you. about, you know, how to keep your kids safe. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your thoughts on the shooting today in Connecticut? Bring up whatever's on your mind as well. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rocks network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.LibertyOnTheRocks.org. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Hey, enjoy all the features that we share with you there. We've got a lot of them, including listening options. Live streams, they're there for you. Broadband, mid-band, and narrow-band versions, so different size bit rates for different internet connection speeds. In addition, we've got over 100 radio stations from coast to coast that air the show at various times throughout the week. Our satellite listening options include XM Satellite Radio, where we're heard every single night, and our KU Band free-to-air channel up on Galaxy 19. You can get us there as well. Uh, in addition, there's our webcam and the listen lines that can allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way as well again listen.freetalklive.com and free talk live of course is brought to you by the free state project your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime it's right here in new hampshire with people who think like you do people like ali and daryl and myself who now you guys are both originally from alabama but you didn't know each other did you no no my sister knows you. Yeah, I actually met Allie's sister back in 2008. Okay. But was... did not know Allie until this year. So it's the Free State Project that has brought the three of us together into the studio, uh, together in the same place, as well as over 1,100 other people here in New Hampshire. People who've come from all around the country and even, indeed, around the world to converge their efforts in one place and make a difference 
And, you know, there's got to be something special here, Allie. You went down to uh, Washington, D.C. for a little while and had some fun doing an, a national television program, Adam versus the Man. But you came back. I mean, there's got to be something that's special about a community well, there, to bring it back to it. There is. I mean, it's like the kind of thing, if it didn't exist, I would wonder why not and, you know, how can we make it happen? Because that is uh, one of the hardest parts about being a free thinker, I think, is that you're around a bunch of people who just go along with whatever the status quo is. Yeah, that's frustrating. It's, you know, and, and then you seem crazy to them. And so if, when you come here... People, some people might still think you're crazy, but you'll have a lot of people that understand where you're coming from and, you know, can help you grow. And that's the best part is we all help each other grow. Right. Not only that, it's also a growing movement. So not only are there already a bunch of people here, but there are over 13,000 people who have pledged to make the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project once we reach 20,000. So we're two thirds, over two thirds of the way there. And if you are interested in actually a chance at seeing freedom in your lifetime, you really owe it to yourself to go and check out the 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire. You'll find those over at freestateproject.org. Let's go to the phones. You can bring up what you want. Obviously, topic uh, on the table is the shooting today in Connecticut. But there's a bunch of different aspects that I think are worth covering that you're probably not going to hear much about in the mainstream media. But Pizza Guy is on the line to start things out here in Fargo. Pizza Guy, you're on Free Talk Live. The shooting in Connecticut is terrible. Children dying is a tragedy. Mm. But to me, you have to have a sense of proportion. And to me, it just underlines the fact that, you know, maybe a dozen or two dozen children died today. And, and each one of those is a tragedy and it's terrible. And I wish it hadn't happened. You know what? A dozen children died last week in Afghanistan, mm. and a dozen children died in Iraq the week before that. Great point. And it's not news, and it just keeps happening. And I, I think that, you know, it's okay if you look at the shooting and you say, well, it's the cost of public schooling. It's the cost of buildings where you can't easily exit if there's danger. You have to, you have to, you know, because we want to keep them like a prison. Mm. So um, that's just the cost of that world. If you have a callous look and you just accept it smugly, well, then fine, that's you. But if you, this is what really gets me, is people have the audacity to be shocked and appalled at this kind of murder while weekly brown people far away are dying. And that kind of racism, I, it makes me sick. I don't know if I, I would call it racism. Like, I, I, it's more like an ethnocentrism. But whatever you want to call it. Look, you want to make fun of, of black people for eating fried chicken? Like, haha, that's funny, okay? I don't call that racism. What I, I like fried chicken. When you, <laughs> is when you, when you actively too. devalue the actual life of a human being just because you don't know it or can't think about it or can't imagine yourself as it. Each one of those precious Iraqi and Afghani children out there in the Middle East getting blown to bits for... No reason at mm. all. Yep. I, it doesn't compare. Hundreds, I, thousands are dying in human point. beings. I appreciate your passion, and I wish that yeah. more people were as outraged by it, because, because when you really think about it, it, it's it's outrageous. And to think that people respond to crisis like this and say, with a superficial response, like, well, we'll just try to control guns better, it, it, it makes me think that they're not really taking human life seriously. Right, and I have intentionally not read news stories on this until just before the show when Ian said that we were going to discuss it. And one of my friends on Facebook posted a quote from one of the Kardashians, and 
I guess the Kardashians, they're supposed to be really famous people. And yeah, the there was father, some TV show about them or something. The, the father was actually one of the defense attorneys for O.J. Simpson. Oh, really? And said, sending prayers to those families who have lost children in this horrific crime. I'm really at a loss for words. Something has to change. If this tragedy doesn't change something in this country regarding guns, I just want to scream and cry deeply saddened. And so she said, my response yeah, tell me how many guns were used to kill Nicole Brown Simpson. Mm. And so I posted my response. How many school children have been killed by American bombs as part of the war on terror? Countless. Yeah. And not just in Afghanistan and Iraq. There's been drone bombings in Pakistan, Yemen, I believe the Sudan, you know, half a dozen countries at least. It's a fact that governments are the greatest killers of all time as far as great as far as mass numbers. Uh, not great as, as in good, but uh, they, they are the ones who are responsible in the last hundred years for millions upon millions of lives being exterminated, innocent, peaceful people being exterminated around the world. And a lot of those uh, have been young children. And of course, it's not this, not, I'm not just talking about the U.S. government. I'm talking about all governments, uh, period, that, that which we know of as the state. And it is tragic, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, the pizza guy called in tonight with his you know, passion on this issue, because it is important. Um, but nonetheless, you know, it seems like the American traditional position is that Americans, and this is ethnocentrism, is that Americans are better than the rest of the world. American children are more important than the rest of the world's children, and uh, Americans are more important than the rest of the world's people. And on top of that, American bureaucrats are more important than American people. So there's like three tiers. There's the lowest tier of all those other folks. There's the the rest of us in America tier. And then there's the the elite bureaucrat tier. Because, you know, you look at the, the way they treat a police officer uh, when a police officer is killed. They get oh, a parade. Yeah. These kids aren't going to get a parade. Uh, so They might get a memorial. They might. That's probably the case. But... I think people are just looking to government to know how upset they're supposed to be about things. Mm. You know, like they don't hear governments complaining when, you know, they themselves kill school children, of course. So right. no one cares about that. And then when government gets upset about something like uh, this, this shooting, like it's obviously there's some insidious nature behind this. They want you to be upset over things that will they can see ultimately giving them more power over us yeah the, well right the politicians like the governors of the state or whoever won't be speaking out about killings in the middle east but this is easy for them to speak out on and you know win political points with people 855-450-FREE whereas you talk out against the military and uh, people hate you for it so 855-450-FREE you can take control free talk live the three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com.
Free Talk Live, toll-free number here tonight for you to bring up whatever you want is 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line joining you in studio tonight. It is Ian here. Allie. And Daryl. Allie Havens returning to Friday nights on Free Talk Live. Uh, back now That's for right. good in New Hampshire. Good I missed you all. Oh, We did too. We missed you. So uh, we'll take your calls, of course, about anything. It doesn't have to be about the shooting situation. You can bring up anything you want. In fact, Allie, I know that tonight you brought something in to discuss about a judge and his opinions about a rapist, uh, which are interesting. We'll get to that here in a little while. 855-450-FREE. Also want to let you know about SACL CAI. Perhaps you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections. Well, SACL CAI does collections, and they do early out billing and purchase charged-off receivables. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. You can see their banner right at the top of Free Talk Live's website at freetalklive.com. It is the top banner on our banner column on the right-hand side. So check out SACL C-A-I. I was sharing a story about a stabbing, a mass stabbing in China, and I didn't quite get through it here. So I just want to bring this to the front, juxtapose it against what happened in Connecticut today, the horrific shooting of something like 28 people, uh, most of them children, most of them elementary school children. Well, I don't mean to be insensitive, but I've been curious, you know, how could one, I think part of the reason why people are afraid of guns is because it's more, it's easier to uh, injure more people because it's an efficient tool. But yes. with with a knife, how do you stab so many children before they just run away from you? Good question. Uh, we don't have that level of detail from the story in the Bangkok Post. But the man uh, did attack the students with a knife outside of an elementary school, resulting in injuries which were not life-threatening. It didn't give the children's exact ages. Uh, various different assaults have happened since 2010 in China, resulting in 15 children killed and two adults as well, and wounding more than 80. The assaults have forced authorities to increase security around schools and led to calls for more research into their root causes. I don't know what research is really going to give you besides the fact that some people are unstable and they are willing to do horrible things to other human beings. You can dig into each of those stories, and in some cases, you can find some similarities. Like, you know, if uh, somebody is beaten as a child, if somebody is perhaps raped as a child, uh, if somebody is, you know, abused mentally, uh, physically as a child, these things can lead to serious problems uh, in adulthood. You got people who don't have a certain level of contact. They've shown, I think, in a number of studies that I've seen over the years, that human contact, especially as you're developing as a child, is very important. Contact from mom and dad, for instance, hugs, uh, you know, attention, <laughs> these things are important. Hugs, and that, not drugs. Yeah, and that kids that don't, you know, kids that have parents that yell and hate the yell at them and hate them and don't touch them and don't hug them and don't love them those are the kids that are more likely to go on to beat their loved ones they're more likely to start killing small animals as their children and then move from small animals up to humans at some point i mean there's no guarantee that those things will happen but it's those kind of environments, in my opinion, that create the sort of psychopaths that we're talking about here. Yeah, I think as a child, that's sort of when you build the foundations for your psychology, I suppose, growing up. And if you have rocky foundations as a child and you don't get what you need, then you're building you know, 
It's not good. Your thoughts are certainly welcome here at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Have either of you ever heard Loveline with uh, Dr. Drew? I have heard it. I think I've heard it, but it's been a long time. It's an interesting show. Uh, They do a late night show, and it used to be with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew, and he's kind of changed co-hosts over the years, but the the, the constant has been Dr. Drew. And it's interesting, you know, when they call, uh, when somebody calls in and has some kind of an issue, Dr. Drew can almost always nail it by asking them what their trauma was, or like he knows already, whatever, depending on what the issue is that, uh, that they have as an adult, he, he'll ask them like, well, were you molested by a family member growing up? And like 99% of the time, the person says yes, or, you know, were you physically abused? He can right. target it based on just what, you know, the things that they tell him, the stories that they tell and the, you know, what their personality is like. In some cases, just their voice as well. Yeah, there's this. I was listening to the uh, to a show with Dr. Drew, and this woman called in to complain about mold issues, and he was like, and they're like, people who complain about mold are crazy. Like, and I never thought about it, but it's hmm. kind of funny. Like, yeah, they they unless they're dirty, her, in they, which case they are kind of. Crazy, I guess there I guess. are people who actually like, are allergic to mold. I wouldn't say that the, that doesn't exist, but but somehow he was like, all right, you're talking about mold. Uh, how's your relationship with your mom? And she was like, I call my mom 10 times a day. And it was it was interesting for them to go into that and and figure out what was going on there. So. So, yeah, that is that's cool. And people can can like trace it back to your childhood. Violent crime has been on the rise in China in recent decades as the nation's economies boomed and the gap between rich and poor has expanded rapidly. Uh, Now, by the way, I thought China was communist, so there was no rich or poor. Just they just call it communism. Uh, of course, you know the tr- the uh, the communist who's not in power will always look at all other communist regimes and say, "Oh, they're doing it wrong." Uh, but in this case, the way this is written makes it sound like violent crime comes from an expanding economy, and that the uh, economy expanding results in a gap between rich and poor. It kind of that that sentence makes it sound like all those things are causations for uh, for one another. Uh, but they're not necessarily uh, violent crime on the rise in China. There are a bun- bunch of different possible reasons as to why that might be happening. And if the economy is booming, that doesn't necessarily mean the gap between rich and poor uh, has to expand. That has to do with the economic setup that a country has. So, like, if you've got, for instance, a big taxing government on the top of a people and they tax people a whole lot, that hurts the poor people more than it does the rich people. And so, you know, governmental redistribution distribution schemes in a lot of cases create that that gap well they create dependency as well which is what you're saying you know it hurts the poor because oh well i'm giving everything i make to the government i'm so glad they're here to give me housing Mm -hmm. and food and clothing and this and that and the other thing whereas if you weren't being taxed of everything you make then you would actually be able to make more and produce more and probably actually be in business for yourself. Well, government's just uh, been proved over and over again through example that while people somehow think that it's there to counter these private interests, which or whatever people think the government's doing, they're always ending up being there as a tool Absolutely. For like the wealthiest companies yeah. to 
maintain their monopoly on whatever industry they have a monopoly on. Right. That's the other side of the wealth transfer process. I mean, I I was only speaking generally, but on one hand, you've got the welfare state that keeps individuals dependent on the state and keeps them poor. And on the other hand, you've got the corporate welfare state, which enriches the richest, you know, 1% at the hands of the government, at the victim, you know, victimizing the poor and the middle class in that case. And so these government regulations that purportedly help the consumer are actually there helping the the big corporations. And then you have the uh, what what I call the progressive thought circle of corporations own the government, so we need the government to regulate the corporations who own the government. So we need the government <laughs> to regulate the corporations that own the government. Right. And of course, the government itself is a corporation as well, the biggest corporation. Yeah. So they say that uh, studies have also described a rise in the prevalence of mental disorders, some of them linked to stress as the pace of life becomes faster and socialist support systems wither. But authorities say that murder, which carries the death penalty, remains far less common than in most Western countries. And I wonder why that might be. Why is it that, if that's true, if it's a true statement, that murder is less common in uh, you know China than it is in Western countries? Why? 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. Take control of the airways. You're welcome to comment on the Connecticut shooting or any aspect or any topic you like. Take control here at 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Puke in the Gang, the podcast for grumpy young men, brings you issues. We are talking about raping babies. I love Nazis. Beast Jesus. News. New York shuts down vibrator giveaway. Here's a fun story out of uh, Spain. El Correo. No, wait, that's a newspaper. Personal stories. I kicked a windshield once because I was angry. I just got annoyed and I wanted to die. I know all the words to get jiggy with it. I have a horribly tiny penis. Responsible journalism. I'm drinking my liquor. When we do the show, we're generally drunk. Pukeinthegang.com. And cake. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Just head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on the site for free. If you would like, you can support Free Talk Live by shopping with us. Just go to shop.freetalklive.com. Enter then into the Amazon of your choice. We've got Amazon US, UK, and Canada all there. You click into the right Amazon for you and then just get your shopping taken care of. Get whatever it is you're looking for at a great Amazon price. Same great prices you're used to, same huge selection. It's the same Amazon. You're just entering through our affiliate link, so Free Talk Live gets a portion of Amazon's profits. Uh, just get your shopping started at shop.freetalklive.com. Still not too late to get stuff in time for the Christmas holiday, but you better get on the site as soon as possible. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones and to your thoughts, Josh is in Maine uh, listening to WEGP up in Presque Isle. Hey, Josh. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I was just going to say, uh, you know, I'm not so worried about the guns. You know, it's too bad, you know, kids get killed that way. But there's more kills, kids killed every day, uh, you know, by either drinking themselves, driving off the road, uh, hit by a drunk driver or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's true that this, it's really bad. This is really the problem with government is that people will uh like this story is super, uh, you know, like out there. People, it gets people's attention. It's really tragic. But no one's going to put a story out about like what are the most common ways that children die. 
You know, and, and I actually and, have statistics on oh, you do? comparing school shootings with other ways of dying. We can get to that here in a moment, yeah. but I want to make sure, Josh, uh, was there was some, some other thoughts you wanted to share on this? No, I just, you know, you read it, you know, every day in the paper, like even, even in Maine, you know, uh, at least once a month, you know, there's, you know, three or four kids, you know, the, they're coming home from a party or something like that, and the guy, the guy or girl, whoever's driving is drunk, uh, they go off the road, hit a tree, or down over a bank, roll over. Somebody's ejected from the vehicle. You know, there's right. two or and three dead every, you know, every every couple of weeks. There's no reason why this guy couldn't have run down some kids in a car either. You yeah. know, I mean, it, there, right. just because it was a gun was his tool of choice for his violence doesn't mean that he wouldn't have been able to find some other way in the absence of having a gun to uh, to do this sort of thing. Yeah. Well, the government will never get rid of uh, the alcohol because they get so much money off the tax of it. Mm-hmm. They put tax on the bullets. Uh, they wouldn't want to get rid of the guns. Well, they're, I'm pretty sure they're taxing bullets. I, I mean, I, if you go to uh, Walmart... Not, not as much, not, not like they do with, with alcohol. I get what you're saying. It's probably just a sales tax, but I don't know what... You know, different states probably have different well, levels you, of you, taxing. Well, you, Maine's got a sales tax, but you also got a federal federal tax on the alcohol. That's why moonshine's uh, mm. illegal. The government can't get their money off of it. Well, they do get money from the gun permits that they give out. That's true. But good point about the moonshine. Uh, that is, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. People are still being arrested uh, for making their own alcohol without government permission. Josh, thanks for sharing your thoughts tonight. Anything else on your mind? No, that was pretty much it. Appreciate the call, man. Thank you. 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Uh, According to the, let's see, Boston, uh, Michael Bloomberg has issued a statement. This is uh, Breitbart.com. Michael Bloomberg issued a statement going full bore after gun owners on the heels of the tragic shootings in Connecticut. Mayor Thomas Menino of Boston issued a similar statement. It was just as strident and just as political, quote, as a parent and grandparent. I'm overcome with both grief and outrage by the tragedy in Newtown, Connecticut. This unspeakable act of violence will forever imprint this day in our hearts and minds. My heart goes out to the families impacted by this senseless tragedy and the many others we have recently witnessed across the United States. As a mayor who has witnessed too many lives forever altered by gun violence, it's my responsibility to fight for action. Today's tragedy reminds us that now is the time for action. Innocent children will now never attend a prom, never play in a big game, never step foot on a college campus. Now is the time for a national policy on guns that takes the loopholes out of the laws, the automatic weapons out of our neighborhoods, and the tragedies like today out of our future. Well, that's nice to say, but... How are you going to do that exactly? How are you going to stop gun violence? Massachusetts, where he lives, is already an incredibly restrictive place for guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, I was at a, we were at a police event recently when they unveiled the Bearcat here in town. I was talking with one of the officers, and he told me that a friend of his had gone down to Massachusetts uh, to get some sort of concealed permit or whatever and brought his uh, pistol with him, and they took the gun from him. And he's lucky to not be facing uh, criminal charges uh, as well. They just stole his, his gun from him, our, one of our activist friends was caught with a gun in Massachusetts and had that stolen from him as well and took a plea deal and basically let them keep his gun in return for not having to uh, to go to jail and paying some sort of a fine as well. 
So, I mean, these people are incredibly restrictive on guns and frequently will point to New Hampshire as the source of the problem. So whenever there's gun violence in uh, Boston or wherever in Massachusetts, they always point to New Hampshire because, you know, we've got relative gun freedom here in comparison to Massachusetts. Oh, well, we would have a gun-free society if it just weren't for New Hampshire and their gun freedom. Why are they pointing to New Hampshire when Vermont has even more gun freedom than New Hampshire does? Well, I don't know. New Hampshire's closer. I like not really though. Vermont's pretty close to yeah. Massachusetts you, as well. You don't need a concealed carry permit to conceal carry in Vermont. You know, I was curious looking at the tragedy today and the you know dozens of children murdered and then also over in China you've got 20 plus children stabbed. In the China story Everyone survived, although you mentioned there's a couple folks in serious condition in the hospital. But thus far, everyone has has lived through this. And I agree that it's tragic that anyone's life is taken. But I wonder, is it worse? And what do you think about this? Is it worse to, like if you had to pick one between your child being murdered at school and your child being stabbed, perhaps, you know, to the point of uh, serious injury, but then living through it and having to deal with the mental anguish that comes along with that and whatever fear they might have for however many years of their life surrounding being victimized and, you know, living that kind of lifestyle. Now, that's not the way it would necessarily go. Maybe they would go and, and you know, be real strong and, and go in the other direction. But what was, what is worse? Is, is it worse to have a child, you know, traumatized for life by a, a mass stabbing at school or to have the life, their life extinguished in a moment? Well, I'm selfish because I don't want to be that parent whose kid, whose kid got stabbed. And so, you know, I use it to justify all types of crazy behavior. I'd rather be the family who's so sweet and they have that cute kid that uh, survived that that terrible uh, mass stabbing at the school and, you know, su- gather support from the community. Like, I'd rather, you know, the kid live. Yeah, so would I. And given the two choices, it's almost like, you know, the horrible choice of do you want to fight the terrorist over here or over there? Well, I don't really want there to be a fight. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want there to be stabbings or shootings. I just, uh, you know, when I hear the, the, the story about the Chinese uh, mass stabbing over there, I, I know that there's somebody who's going to say, ah, see, that's better because no one died. They'll mm-hmm. say that, ah, see, they don't have guns there, well, and so no one died in that incident, so guns should be banned here. And it makes me wonder, is it really that much better or better at all to survive a, a, a mass stabbing like that? Well, it's also missing the point because— why did this guy choose to stab instead of uh, shoot the kids? Like, it didn't have to do with gun control laws, I tell you that. If you're choosing to stab a bunch of kids, you're not considering what are the laws. Well, I wonder what the prevalence of guns are in China. I've, you know, I've certainly heard that they're much less prevalent in Japan. I don't believe too many people have guns in China. So so that is a factor. Why is that? As a, I, I know that the Chinese government doesn't like guns, but why would it be— Well, the Chinese government likes guns just fine. Well, Their agents like have, uh, have plenty of guns. But, uh, you know, that would be a good question for somebody who's had some experience in China and, you know, can, can do more than just speculate on that. I know I've heard that Japan has very restrictive gun, uh, gun control that does result in more stabbings happen- happening far more often than any, any level of shootings over there. So, hmm. to some extent, certain societies have been more successful— at restricting citizenry from getting access to firearms. So what you're suggesting is that it that it's possible that 
gun control laws could make it harder for criminals to get guns, hypothetically and maybe empirically, but but that it obviously doesn't keep people from being violent and hurting others. Right, exactly. And then again, we're still back to the uh, the position of, I get it. I don't want to have a bunch of people shooting each other. I get it. I don't want that. I'd love to see guns disappear tomorrow because maybe people would be more likely to survive an encounter that didn't involve a gun. They are a really powerful weapon, but there's no real way to do that. It's the cat's out of the bag at this point. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, you know, if you've got a proposal, I'd love to hear about it because it's ultimately going to have to break down to house-to-house searches of people's homes in an attempt for some sort of mass gun confiscation. If that's what you want, if you're somebody who thinks that's something that's a good idea, I'd love to hear from you. 855-450-FREE. Forget about privacy, right? Forget about the right to you know keep your own possessions and have your home not be searched by some police squad. 855-450-FREE. You can share your thoughts. Take control here. Hour 2's next. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me. To me... Government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree, available now free in HD. See it now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. Talk Live. Toll-free number tonight for you, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. With you in studio here, it's Ian. Allie. And Daryl. You get to actually control the content of the website as well. So you find something online that you think is interesting, you can just... Send it on over to freetalklive.com. Go and submit it as show prep. You paste the link in, put a short description of what it is. It can be a link to anything, uh, maybe a YouTube video you think is outrageous or fun or informative or a news article or blog post, whatever you want to link to. You link to it, it appears on the upcoming stories page. It then must receive a certain number of votes in order to be promoted to the front page of the site, and then we're more likely to see it and talk about it on the air. So go to freetalklive.com and get involved in that. Uh, Coming up here, more about China and gun control. Since we were asked, we were kind of speculating last hour about what the gun control situation is there. I found out a little bit more information about that. Daryl, you've got some statistics about the likelihood of actually dying uh, by firearm. And then also, we're going to go to the phones here. Let's start out with Lauren listening in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Lauren. Hi, how you you guys doing? What's on your mind tonight? Yep, go ahead. Yeah, um... First off, I, I just want to point out, you know, uh, Obama was out there crying like a little girl. I want to cry like a little girl uh, when he's ordering drone strikes on people or when he funded Al-Qaeda in Libya. 
and Sarah, I wanted to be crying like a little girl and did the fucking yes. jive dance. This is what I can't stand about politicians. So disingenuous. Good point. I agree with that, uh, Lauren. I mean, these politicians are absolutely using this tragedy to further their own political ends. And, of course, I was accused of doing the same thing today uh, when I posted to Facebook that, you know, if you want to save your kids, then don't send them to government school. Uh, Look, hey, the reality is these gun-free zones are basically target uh, practice areas for crazy people. They should allow people to carry guns, too. <clears throat> I mean, you shouldn't need a permit for it. I, I won't. I'll think. I mean, if everybody had a gun, uh, I think the America would be a better place. You Lauren, know? I, I mean, I'm, home. Hello? Yep, I'm with you, man. Thank you for the call and thoughts tonight at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you look at a place like New Hampshire. I was at the bank today and waiting in line at the bank to get to a teller. The guy in front of me happened to have a firearm on his hip and, you know, was doing business with the uh, the bank teller. And, of course, I'm thinking, oh, it's so good to be in New Hampshire. You I know. In some places they would be like, oh, my God. Like, you right, could be nowhere near a bank out. and that guy's going to rob a bank. Right. I remember in Florida, the bank that I went to had a sign on the front saying you couldn't wear a hat or sunglasses into the bank either. Yeah, I mean, most so. financial institutions say that. Yeah, but just the idea that somebody's there with a, a gun uh, standing you know, on their hip at the, uh, the bank counter was, was pretty cool. And I, I think the reason for no hat, no sunglasses is more so that the security cameras right. can actually get a clear yeah, picture sense. of who you are. Yeah, that's totally what it is. In case something happens. But I don't see of, signage like that here. Oh, there's this guy, and he's wearing sunglasses. Right. Yeah. I, I don't see signage like that here, like at my old bank. The credit union that I go to really? here in Keene okay. has a sign that says that. They might ask you to take it off in some banks if you uh, you know have that in there, and I, I get that. But I just don't feel like it's as restrictive here, just in general. Like People aren't freaking out about a guy with a gun on his hip. Uh, you know, I don't have to buzz to get into the bank. I did in Sarasota, Florida. I'd have to buzz. What do you mean you had to buzz to get into the bank? I had to buzz. Like you buzz, you hit a little buzzer and then stand there at the door before they let you into the bank. Weird. So sort of like uh, ringing a doorbell sort of thing? Yeah. It's kind of standard. You know, they press a button behind the counter to unlock the magnetic lock and let you in. That is really weird. Yeah. Anyway, that was my experience there. I don't think all banks are like that. I've never been to any financial institution This bank did get robbed once, so that might be Uh, why they put that level of security in place. Probably. Anyway, uh, let's go to the statistics, Daryl. You had mentioned these briefly in the last hour. We didn't really get a chance to hear any of them. So what do you got? Okay, so apparently, according to this uh, picture with words on it, some people would call it a meme, but it's basically, you know, it's a photo with words that has statistics... Uh, stating that the odds of being killed in a school shooting are roughly one in two million. And then they cite that as coming from NPR in October of 2006. Okay. You are 190 times more likely to die in your own bathtub. Mm. Mm. I've worried about that before. That statistic comes from the National Safety Council. Mm Mm-hmm. You are 28 more times more likely to be killed by a bolt of lightning, and that works out to be 1 in 71,601. 
17 times more likely to be executed by the government or one in 44,751. And you are 150 times more likely to be shot to death by a police officer. Wow. Which means that one out of every 13,259 people are shot to death That's by a police scary, officer. That's pretty scary, huh? I think that one really puts it into perspective. Yeah. Your children, you know, maybe they don't get slaughtered at a school shooting, but maybe when they become a teenager, they'll be shot to death by some cop. Or executed. Or executed in some way. Yeah. Yeah, and and no one who's arguing that I know of, no one who's arguing for more gun control thinks that there should be gun control for police officers. <laughs> They're the ones who are supposed to have guns. Right. And that's the way it is in China, by the way, where only the state agents are allowed to have firearms. This story from thenews.com.pk, uh, and I don't know where PK is. Pakistan. Is it Pakistan? So... They talk about China's Ministry of Public Security revealing the following the aforementioned incident at Beijing's Tiananmen Square. Uh, What happened was apparently in 1966, children armed with rifles had erroneously shot out a window at the Great Hall of the People at Beijing's Tiananmen Square while trying to hit a sparrow. It was after that that the Chinese government put down very stringent gun control regulations. So not because anyone got shot, but because a window was broken at their wonderful government building, apparently. Wow, no one even uh, shot their eye out. Right. A peek through their uh, history shows that they call it an an exemplary blanket ban on the sale. So you get an idea where the author is coming from here. This is somebody who really is excited about the idea of gun control. Private manufacture, that's banned. Possession, that's banned. Import, export, both banned of guns and bullets, was introduced back in 1966. China does not allow its civilian population to possess guns today. But despite extremely stringent regulations in this context, the world's most populous nation is still striving to completely curb gun-related crime, which means that even with the most stringent gun regulations, as they have over in China, gun crime is still a problem. Now, they do point out that it is still otherwise quite rare as compared to most developed and underdeveloped nations on the globe. So they're going to make the argument that uh, gun control has worked in that there isn't you know, near the amount of gun crime happening there. But then again, wasn't it Michael Moore's own movie, uh, the Bowling for Columbine film, that made the point that despite Canada having far, you know, as many guns or whatever per capita or close to it as the United States, they don't have the same level of violence? So guns don't necessarily, you know, they're not necessarily equivalent to violence. Yeah, and people that are reading about really strict gun laws and thinking, yeah, that... You know that'll show the gun gun owners. They're obviously thinking of gun owner, owners as people with the intent to harm others, mm-hmm. and that just has to come from an ignorance of or a lack of being around gun owners. That and just ignoring statistics. I mean, if gun owners were out to harm people, we'd have millions. You know, we'd have yeah. hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of incidents every year. Which leads me to question: Why are all these like? Why is it so common to see this bias in the news? And is it possible? The bias against guns, you mean? Yeah, and my, my theory is, is that a lot of these news agencies are based in cities, and yep. cities really like gun control laws. And That's a good uh, question. Let's I look wonder into that. if that has to do with it. Let's talk a little bit more about that uh, in a moment here at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Why does there seem to be an anti-gun bias in news media in this country? 
You can also bring up whatever's on your mind and take control of the airwaves here at 855-450-FREE. Bring up whatever you want. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us online over at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on our website there completely free. You can enjoy those on us, uh, including the webcam. Watch, listen, and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. The chat room's built into the same page. Just go to cam.freetalklive.com. Uh, that, again, is cam.freetalklive.com. And by the way, it's all free. Under the mistletoe this year, there is only one thing that you should be slipping into your lover's mouth. Stateless sweets, delicious, handmade, all-natural candy. The holidays are going to be full of empty calories this year, so make your calories count. With the very best in handcraft confections, chocolate-covered pistachio brittle salted honey caramels, English toffee, and the best fudge you've ever tasted. You need it for your holiday parties, and it's not too late. Go to statelesssweets.com, use coupon code FTL, and you'll save 10% on what are some absolutely outstanding handcrafted candies made without any involvement of the state. Statelesssweets.com. As we continue here with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And Daryl. All right, so we're talking about gun control. There's a piece here from... Uh, let's see, it's The New Times, International New Times at thenews.com.pk, that is raving about China's gun control laws while admitting that the Chinese government still has a problem uh, with trying to curb gun-related crime. They do say, however, that gun-related crime is rare in China as compared to most developed and underdeveloped nations across the globe. And they chalk that up to the pretty stringent rules they've uh, they've had on gun control there for several decades. And so let's talk a little bit more about what exactly they've got going on there. Weapons can only be used by Chinese law enforcement agencies, military and paramilitary personnel entrusted with the tasks of guarding sensitive army installations, storage facilities, scientific research institutions, ammunition depots, and key financial institutions. In fact, uh, Gene, who is the Christian anarchist caller on this show for a number of years, he has gone to China on a regular basis, at least once or twice a year, every single year. His, uh, his wife has family there. And I believe it was his observation that the police officers in China actually don't carry a firearm. Huh. Which is pretty interesting. interesting. Yeah. Uh, however, the, according to the story here, non-individual entities comprising civilians are allowed to possess guns to promote hunting and other sports. As the Asian Times wrote in 2010, the government has green-lighted shooting clubs in some cities and businessmen are turning to hunting as a leisure activity. Possessing a gun, however, in China can yield a three-year prison sentence, while perpetrators of gun crimes are often executed. 
According to the official history of the Chinese Ministry of Public Security, the government had also cracked down harder on gun ownership after the 1989 pro-democracy demonstrations. You remember Tank Man, the guy standing yes. in front in Tiananmen Square of the tanks? They cracked down after that. Uh, possessing, let's see, moreover, the Chinese government has periodically been hosting rallies for quite a long time now where citizens are encouraged to surrender guns in exchange for cash, which is something that governments here hmm, in this country do. very yep. similar to programs in Detroit and New Jersey. In the words of the Ministry of Public Security, quote, one six-month campaign in 2008 had netted 79,000 guns, 1.8 million replica guns, and 5.75 million bullets. So despite all of the gun control measures uh, present in China, a six-month buy- gun buyback campaign netted 70, 79,000 guns being turned in, which, of course, makes you wonder how many guns are still out there. Because not everybody goes and turns in their guns at gun well, buyback programs. Well, a nation programs. of, what, a little over one billion people, I'm guessing that there are more than 79,000 guns yeah, currently sure. being possessed. Well, I'm curious— uh- because the information that we have to go on is most of it's government information, correct? Anyway, so I just wonder how uh, how honest the Chinese government is on reporting back what their statistics are on you know violent crime. Right. Yeah, they have no reason to be honest about it, and that's a great point. So maybe gun crime is happening more often than the government would like you to believe in China. I mean, it's hard for me to believe that it would be that difficult to get your hands on a gun in China. Well, if you want to get a gun, usually you can get one. It just depends on who you know, right? Like mm-hmm. in places in which guns are prohibited here in this country, it's possible to get a gun. You just have to know the right people. And so those with the motivation, which of course is usually the criminal element, those with the motivation to get guns are able to get them, which is why these gun control measures don't work. And that's why they don't stop psychos from going to government schools and blasting them up, even in cities in which there's total gun control. Because you can get a gun if you want to get a gun. And I've seen statistics in the past that stated something around less than one-tenth of one percent of all legally owned and legally purchased firearms are ever used in the commission of a crime. Less than one-tenth of one percent? Yes. it's pretty good. And of course, there's a lot of statistics but they're never promoted in the media about how many times guns are used to prevent crimes, yes. to stop a robbery, to stop a shooting, to stop you know something from, from happening that could injure another human being. In fact, that brings us to the question you'd asked before we went to the last break, Allie, which was, you know, why is it that the mainstream media appears in this country to be really concerned about guns, that uh, they're kind of anti-gun, right? Was that your question? I, yeah, I think that they are. And my theory was that a lot of these uh, news outlets we depend on for stories are you know, coming from cities, and cities are really bad about enacting lots of uh, you know, gun control laws. It's that and, liberal media bias. And the thing about gun control law, it's not that the you know, people in media are bad or evil. They're probably just law-abiding people, and everyone they know is pretty much law-abiding, and they know that they're not allowed to have guns. So they don't know anyone with they don't know anybody with a gun. Well, I don't know if it's true that the media people are law abiding. There's plenty of people in media that smoke pot, for That's instance. That's true. Uh, so why they don't understand? You know, you look on one hand, somebody that 
that uh, supports gun violence, excuse me, that supports gun control might support the end of prohibition. They might have that kind of cross uh, understanding or misunderstanding on those issues, which is why Michael Dean's movie Guns and Weed is so brilliant, because it, it helps bring people together who, on one hand, you know, conservatives might be able to see that guns should be legal, but not weed. A liberal might be able to see that weed should be legal, but not guns. And it really shows pretty clearly that both of those groups are suffering from the same trauma that is that something they think is valuable something they think is important is being prohibited to some extent by the government and that's really tragic it's true i think that's a it's it's a great movie i've seen it and it i was like cracking up watching it and i you know i was sort of on the same i was already like uh woken up before i watched it but i think that it's it's genius to take these two different groups and they're you know in guns and weed it just sounds like what is that and and there's brilliant (laughs) use of satire in that movie as well exactly so prohibition isn't going to solve your problem it's not prohibition of guns is not going to end gun violence in the same way that prohibition of cannabis hasn't stopped people from getting high so you need to just let people be free and that's why we're seeing a lot of the problems we're seeing but i think that the reason on the media as far as it you know it's anti tends to have an anti-gun bias is a lot of the people that work in media come from academia you know they've been trained at government schools they've they've learned the ropes in a lot of cases at a government college and most of those places are very anti-weapons and very openly anti-weapons and preach that more coming up you can take control share your thoughts at 855-450-FREE it's free talk live Under the mistletoe this year, there's only one thing you should be slipping into your lover's mouth. Stateless sweets, delicious, handmade, all-natural candy. The holidays are going to be full of empty calories this year, so make your calories count with the very best handcrafted confections. Chocolate-covered pistachio brittle, salted honey caramels, English toffee, and the best fudge you've ever tasted. You need this for your holiday parties. Go to statelesssweets.com and use coupon code FTL to save 10%. statelesssweets.com this is free talk live you bring up whatever you want all you have to do is dial in toll free and take control of the airwaves here 855-450-FREE you can join us online over at freetalklive.com We've got a lot of features that we share with you there. The mobile site is one of them. You can go to m.freetalklive.com, get quick access to our live streams, uh, broadband, midband, and narrowband versions of the show. One of those will fit your internet connection speed, and all of them are free. So go to m, as in mobile, .freetalklive.com to get tuned in there as we go to Mark Edge on the line from his day off. That's right. I'm calling in. I just wanted to do the uh, well, the live read for Mortgage Minute Guy. Um, I, I think a lot of people don't know that you can get a mortgage at 2.5% on a 15-year uh, fixed mortgage. It's the lowest rate you're likely to see uh, any time in your lifetime. Um, and we've been talking about that for years. The lowest rates you've ever seen, but they just keep going down. And at 2.5%, if you've got a loan that's a percentage point higher than that, it's a good idea to refi down to a 2.5% uh, 15-year fixed. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. And, yeah. The, a $150,000 payment would be $1,000 a month. And the politicians are talking about this fiscal cliff coming up, so the mortgage interest deduction might might not be there anymore. Um, you can go to MortgageMinuteGuy.com. You can, uh, that's their website. Answer their three-question application, or you can call them uh, at their toll-free number. 
They do loans in all 50 states. That toll-free number is 866-288-0088. Again, it's 866-288-0088, mortgageminuteguy.com. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it, Benny. Anything else you want to say? No, I got it. Thanks, man. I want to say hi, Mark. Have a good night, Mark. I'm so glad to hear that you're back in town. I know. I missed you. It's wonderful. All right, Mark. See you soon. Thanks. All right, so 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We were talking about the media and why it is that they have seemingly this anti-gun bias. You said liberal media earlier, Daryl, but that was kind of tongue-in-cheek, right? Like That, you know, that was very tongue-in-cheek. You don't really believe it's a liberal media, do you? No. No, it, it's, it's, it's a statist, statist media. media. Right, it's a media that has a very pro-state belief system, uh, and in that pro-state belief system, there's the Fox News, which has the righty kind of bias, and there's the MSNBC, which has the lefty bias, and I don't know what CNN is these days, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, I like lumping all of them in together and just calling it PMSNBCNN. (laughs) That's Nice. So, well, yeah, I mean, and you guys have sort of gone through this before on the show, but where does that come from? And what I what I understand it to be is that the government has access to a lot of information, which is very relevant to us because the government has coercive power over us. So we need to know what what they're planning on doing next with it. And obviously the media wants to know, too. And and the way that they can get access to that information is basically by being cronies for the government. Yes. Yeah. And then they feel special, too, because when you're working for the news media and the, you know, the politicians are made out to be these kind of not quite gods, but the special people who deign certain things to be important. And, you know, if they're giving you their time, then you feel important. Oh, I've got an interview with Senator so-and-so. Well, and I'm and- sure you remember back in, what was it, 2008 when Chris Matthews I don't even think he actually got to meet Barack Obama, but he was in the same room and said on the air that he had tingles going (laughs) down his leg. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Maybe he peed himself. Um, But (laughs) that's – you're right. I mean that's the attitude of these people. Like the politicians, the higher ranking they are, the more royal they are treated. And if you watch like a presidential inauguration, you'll hear them talk about, oh, and look at what they're wearing as though they're like the royal couple or something like that. Or like they're outside of the Oscars or something. Yeah, Who are you wearing? Yeah, definitely. Who it's, are you wearing, and, Allie? Who are you wearing? <laughs> right designer? now I'm wearing Goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks pretty good for Goodwill, I have Thanks. to say. <laughs> uh, but that's the that's the mentality, is that these people have some, there's something special, they're different, they're America's royalty, uh, and we must treat them you know, as, in that way. So they'll keep sending us information and giving us information. And it, and it stems from being educated in government schools because in government schools you're taught that government is important and it's you know the people that are elected you know they're special and they, they help people and all that and this is you know pounded into you and then if you go on to get a journalism degree then it's pounded into you even further at government uh, operated colleges i mean this is maybe just- at the university level I, I never really and of course i majored in mass com mm-hmm. At a junior college, but the mass comm department and the journalism department were very tight-knit and Hmm. had the same academic advisor. You're saying you didn't have that experience there? And it was totally not that experience. Yeah, I don't. I can't say that there was much of it at my uh, junior college as well. And so maybe that's why I said maybe at the university level. Mm -hmm. 
but it's definitely there. I mean, it's it's pretty well known that colleges are very pro-state. I yes. mean, the the message that you receive in social studies classes or whatever they're called, history, things like that, always biased, almost always biased towards the state. Economics, biased towards the state. So with Keynesian economics, for instance, as opposed to Austrian economics being taught at most colleges and so it's just a – you know, they just pound it down. And so it's no surprise. It shouldn't be a surprise that when somebody gets into the workforce, you know, they're working for whatever media company they get started with, that they've got that, that, that bias. And then, of course, they're coming into a workplace where that bias probably already exists. So it's just reinforced all over the place. Yeah, and, and it's kind of impossible to blame status for being status when, you know – the people writing, like you're saying, the people who are writing the news went to these public schools just like we did and were told all kinds of stuff. I mean, I've had, it's been so difficult for me trying to relearn history. It, they made me hate history. Oh, they did that to me as well. I actually love history. Did you, did you love it in school when you were in school? Yes. Okay, I didn't. And I thought it, I found it's the most always, boring class. They, for me, it's been a thing of what really happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I know this is what they're telling me, but what really happened? Investigative history. Yes. Nice. There's another factor that uh, that makes the state have a pro state, or excuse me, that makes the media have a pro state bias, and that is the licensing factor. Yes. So you've got radio licensees out there on Free Talk Live. We've got over 100 stations. They're all licensed stations. We've got other stations to carry the show that are not licensed stations like Liberty uh, 94.3 here in Keene uh, and you know other heroic stations across the country. There's one in Oklahoma City that's on uh, the FM band there as well. And the licensing factor keeps people in line because if they are being if so, if a media owner is told that well you can have a license so long as you do what we say you have to do so long as you have a certain percentage of your airtime that is a public benefit component I mean there are certain things that they have to do and usually what they do is they chuck all that stuff in the six a.m. Sunday uh, time slot so as few people hear it as possible but still there's a level of control there that. That's involved where the FCC can come down on a station if they're perceived as doing something that is uh, inappropriate and they can suit, you know, they can find them and they can pull ultimately they can pull their license if they want to. Well, and one step below licensing, and this is something that me and you, I think, both experienced earlier this week with the court systems, Mm -hmm. they have. New Hampshire Institute's January 1st, where media organizations, right now it's being called, what, voluntary registration? That's right. But Massachusetts already has it to where it's mandatory. Right. And I have actually filed papers to be officially recognized as a media organization in the state of Massachusetts so that next month I can actually get a camera into their court building to film your trial. I appreciate you doing that. You are... Uh, a big paper filer. You've you've filed filed lots of motions towards the government, and yes. I'm curious, like how, like the genuinely, I'm not suggest. I don't know, like how is that going? Do they respond to you? Uh, you mean like not a re- freedom of information request? Well, I, like I filed uh, two FOIA requests here with the city of Keene. The first one, I requested all documentation related to a lawsuit that I had against the city. And just a couple of days ago, I requested all financial records related to that. And I can give you more details of other motions. I just want to know if it works, man. (laughs) It works sometimes. 
depending on what you ask for. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want to control here. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phones, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here for you, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online. And that website is freetalklive.com. Now, they, the site is free, so you don't have to sign up for some kind of membership fee. There's no requirement that you put in a credit card number to get on our site. You can just go and download a bunch of archives and get interactive on the forum the chat room, watch the webcam. There's so many features there. It's it's actually a pretty extensive site, and it's all free. Freetalklive.com. Go ahead and enjoy that. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, please become a Free Talk Live amplifier. We will take the five bucks a month that the AMP program costs. We'll invest that money into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks, too, like access to the Amp-only call-in lines, Amp-only podcast forum, and more. Go get signed up. It makes a big difference for Free Talk Live. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. And have you ever wanted to take a complaint trial but didn't want to spend money on an attorney? I know what it's like. Howtowinincourt.com is your solution. It's the course for people who don't have an attorney or maybe just don't want an attorney. Or maybe you actually have an attorney and you want to make sure you're getting your money's worth. HowToWinInCourt.com can help you with all this because it will help you be more informed. It teaches you the court's rules. And until you know those rules, you might as well be fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs and defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. It's the new and improved jurisdictionary course. Now you can go and get it at HowToWinInCourt.com. And it's written so the average eighth grader can learn it all over a weekend. The brand new website, it's got all kinds of free tools. Go there, enjoy the free uh, features, and buy the course. It costs you less than an hour with any good attorney. HowToWinInCourt.com. And Ali, you had just asked Daryl a moment ago about some of his, some 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 of them court-related filings, but others, uh, freedom of information requests. You were asking him. You I've know, never what- filed any, I've never like tried to get any paperwork out of the government. What level of success have you had, Daryl, at doing this? Well, on the lawsuit where I had actually sued the city because a couple of bureaucrats came in, disturbed my sleep two and a half hours after I fell asleep, and I actually believed that it was an invalid warrant, and Mm -hmm. you're still dealing with some stuff on that as my landlord. And so I filed a FOIA request actually asking for all documentation uh, and all correspondence between the bureaucrats, the city attorney, and the attorney that the city actually went out and hired. And I was told that all correspondence with the attorney that they hired 
was protected under attorney-client privilege. But they did give you some of the other documentation. They did give me access to where I could review the 120 pages of documentation that was basically bureaucrat-to-bureaucrat correspondence. And I went out, looked at that. Some of it was a little funny where they mentioned one thing that was mailed to you. They didn't want to mail certified because they knew that you would refuse it. So they just mailed it on regular uh, letterhead, put it in a generic City of Keene envelope, and that way, haha, we got you. I thought that uh, when they have to serve you with something, that they have to get it to you, and so that's one of the reasons why they why they do certified mail. It's like a nine dollar service to send a letter certified. At last time I checked, and that was a few years ago, maybe even more expensive now. But um, you know, you when you get a certified mail, you can refuse it. You don't have to accept yeah. it. You don't have to sign for it. And so I thought if I would refuse certified mail, that that would meant they'd have to actually like serve me in hand. That they'd have to you know get the sheriff's department to do it. And it turns out they don't actually have to. That if they try to serve you in a couple different ways and they, and it fails, they can just move ahead without you knowing about it. They can basically move ahead with prosecuting you in absentia. Mm-hmm. So I may not, you know, I don't know if I'm going to continue refusing certified mail because I ended up, I had a certified mail come in recently from the fire department. I refused it. And that's when I learned that they could just go ahead and move against me without my knowledge at that point. So I feel like, well, I'd rather know they're going to do something to me than right not. so maybe i'm going to rethink that strategy and the reason that i filed that freedom of information act i didn't really want to read all 120 pages of correspondence i really just wanted to find out how much the city paid to avoid giving me an apology uh-huh. mm-hmm. so i filed a separate FOIA request which in new hampshire is called a 91a request because that's the code of the RSA, I believe, that deals with right to know. So I filed a 91A, and I actually took this down in person and gave it to the assistant city clerk who deals with this and told him, I said, I wanted this information with the first one, but I guess I wasn't specific enough. And I'm just trying to find out how much the city paid to a lawyer instead of giving me an apology. Right, because they hired a lawyer just specifically for... For your quest for an apology, right? Yes. And I told him, I said, if rather than apologize, if bureaucrats would be nice, then there never would have been a lawsuit. You wouldn't have to be doing extra paperwork. And he said, sounds reasonable to me. And I got something in the mail today acknowledging that he did, in fact, receive it and that it would take some time to find and gather all of the information that I requested. It probably would take some time. Yes. You know, it's a, they, they, and you're not the only one probably requesting things of them as well. Right. So uh, especially from the financial department. And who yeah. knows how long it takes for the financial department to get their stuff together. And I filed some court motions for a hearing that I had. Sometimes those get heard. Sometimes they don't. Uh, you filed one motion. The judge basically blew it off uh, in court. The video, by the way, from your trial is up. Uh, folks can go and see uh, Daryl on trial for no unregistered vehicle. Unregistered that? vehicle. Uh, that trial video is part of your article at freekeen.com. The yes. article is called... Uh, victory and defeat victory and defeat it's right there at freekeen.com to scroll down a little bit you'll see daryl's article and then if you click the article it'll bring the full version of it up and at the very bottom is the full trial the unedited yes. uh, trial video although i did edit one part of it uh the trial video itself is unedited the very first five seconds 
there's a story behind that uh, that that should be told. So we're in court, and we've probably got seven or eight people. This is Newport, New Hampshire. Uh, this I didn't. I don't think I mentioned this on the air the other day when I briefly summarized what went down. But we were the only people in the the entire courthouse, in addition to the judge, the two security officers, and whatever clerks were the working. Bailiff, the bailiff. There was one bailiff that was actually in the courtroom. That guy was also up front, though. Yes. So there were two bailiffs on duty in the building. There was one judge and then a couple of clerks in the clerk's office and the uh, trooper that was prosecuting you. And then there were about seven or eight uh, liberty activists that had come uh, out. Seven activists plus me Okay. for the trial. And so when they came out initially into the courtroom, there was the typical all rise and no one stood, of course. Uh, for the judge, because that's the well, way the they... trooper and the court clerk stood. Okay. None of the activists. Thank you. No one in the audience uh, stood for the judge, and that was when the judge then instructed us that there would only be one camera allowed to record, which is his purview. I mean, judges kind of control their courtrooms, and they are all different. And, and there were no consistency. three people that had cameras and had filed motions to record. Right. So and... they. I mean. Everyone talks about how government's like required to do these things if you just follow their uh, guidelines. And no, no, they're not. They just they're not required to do anything. That's true. The number one rule of district court in New Hampshire, at least, is that the rules can be waived at any time by a judge. But it is part in their rules saying that they can restrict cameras to only one. But just a few days earlier, we were in a different district court where more than one camera was allowed. So it just totally depends on the judge and their mood and whatever. In this case, this judge wanted to exert some control and he wanted to tell us all you can only have one camera and then you have to share the footage. You have to what's, what's called pool the footage. So he decided he was going to call a recess and leave for a few minutes while we figured out who was going to uh, to record. And when the recess was called, I believe they did say all rise when he left he, the room. He said all rise when he left the room. Of course, no one in the audience stood at that time. Then uh, we you know, decided that I would go ahead and be the, the one camera that would record. And then when the judge came back in, the bailiff did not say all rise. And in fact, you said, and I didn't realize this at the time. I heard the judge say to the bailiff you know they they were very close to Mm -hmm. one another so it was sort of a muffled whisper said all rise i heard bailiff did not say all (sighs) rise yeah i heard that happen and i was looking at the bailiff and i didn't see him speak it so i I figured it must have been someone else and i didn't i didn't realize it was the actual judge so that was kind of a shock that's so that's so perfect because you threw them off. Like yeah. he's he's like, I'm not going to say it if they're just going to defy me, and yeah. I can't do anything about them not doing it. Right. And the because judge is like, they're supposed to be standing when I, I walk I in. I don't know if it's because <laughs> I filed a motion uh, that was titled "Motion to Refrain from the Threat of Physical Force to Demand Respect," which nice. he did not rule on. I think it was just because they knew we weren't going to stand, so better right. to just keep it quiet. And just go on with the trial shenanigans. 855-450-FREE. You can take control. Bring up what you want. Hour number three is on the way. Plenty of time for you and your thoughts. Allie's got a story about a judge and his opinion about rape. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, this is Mark Edge, host of Free Talk Live. We've been witnessing a meltdown of the very economic engine that powers this country. With a printing press tethered to Washington politicians, bureaucrats, and central bankers, how can we put our trust in paper money? For years, I've been buying gold and silver from Midas Resources, and you should too. Come see gold.freetalklive.com or call 877-357-9938 for a free book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold. With Washington, D.C. delivering more debt and printed promises, 
common sense tells us the future of the trend is obvious. Everyone listening should visit gold.freetalklive.com or call 877-357-9938. I trust Midas Resources for my gold, silver, platinum, and you can too. Again, I want you to have this book, and it's free. It's gold.freetalklive.com or 877-357-9938. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. All you have to do is dial in toll-free at 855-453. That's one 855 3733 joining you in this studio tonight. It's Ian. Allie. And Daryl. All right. Uh, Daryl joining us from fpp.cc. You can go there to get more of uh, Daryl's writings. He is both an editor and a publisher of liberty-oriented musings, news, and even fiction. Yes. So a uh, new book going to be released soon? Tomorrow. Whoa, wow. I didn't even realize yes. that. Uh, so tomorrow is the release day for the book, which is called... The Diary of Henry Myers. And uh, what's the cost going to be on that? The cost of that book is five forty nine, mm-hmm. and in that's physical if you form? get it. In, that, that's if you get it from a uh, actual retailer. Mm-hmm. If you order online, of course, there's shipping. If you order from me at shop.fpp.cc, then you can get it for I believe it's six ninety nine is the cost I have. Gotcha. And also available digitally. Uh, it will be available as an ebook, probably for one or two dollars. Cool. And fpp.cc is where you can go to do that. Of course, Allie Haven's joining us again now right. uh, after spending what two months? How long were you down in DC? Two months. So it seemed longer. I know. Well, it went by Allie. fast. It went by fast for me because I was working really hard. But yeah. That's how that works, I guess. So we're here to take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. There's obviously a lot to say about this uh, tragic situation down in Connecticut. But as uh, Pizza Dude, our first caller of the night, had pointed out, what about all the kids that have been murdered by the U.S. military overseas? Where is all of the, you know, the outspokenness on that mat- uh, those matters? You don't hardly ever hear about that stuff. And the irony is the same people responsible for those murders are the ones you want to put in con- in charge of controlling our right to own weapons. And there is a big call for gun control, of course. After every one of these school shootings, it's inevitable that those who would like to see more control of guns uh, call for it. But then we looked at China and we you know, explored what their gun control is like there to some extent. Uh, it's very severe, very strict. And, you know, individuals are generally not allowed to own firearms. There are severe penalties, including death, for uh, using guns in crime there. But it hasn't stopped guns. It hasn't stopped guns being used in crime. Uh, but on the other hand, the you know, gun control advocates would argue that gun crime is much less frequent, uh, frequently seen in places like China right. well, and Japan. You, if you murder everyone who has the ability to defend themselves then of course the crimes are going to be lower. Well, uh... You meaning the government. Weren't, yes. Weren't, uh, maybe I was confused. Were we saying earlier that crime has gone up in China, violent crime has gone up, but just not gun-related crime? I don't have those statistics. Okay. Um, 
I forget what the... The article that you read mentioned something about violence being on the rise. It is on the rise. Yeah, that's right. Uh, But uh, they say gun crime is on the way down in China. Okay. But then again, as you pointed out, Allie, these are all government statistics. So you have to trust the People's Republic of China to give you good statistics. And if you don't trust the American government, why would you trust the People's Republic of China? Vice versa, if you trust the People's Republic of China... Uh, then you know, and, but you don't trust the American guy anyway. Yeah, you're certainly welcome to give us your thoughts at eight five five four fifty free. And there's one other aspect to this we haven't covered yet uh, that that I thought was interesting, and maybe you won't necessarily hear on the mainstream media too much. And that is that there was uh, a guy whose Facebook profile was being posted today, Ryan Lanza, as the alleged killer here. And I saw somebody that I knew post that. And I clicked on the guy's profile name, and I saw that I knew somebody who knew him. I had a mutual friend with this Ryan Lanza. And I sent a message to the mutual friend wondering, I said, hey, you know, have you heard that uh, this person is the alleged killer in this case? Or I said something like, you know, what are your thoughts on this person being the alleged killer? He appears to be your Facebook friend. And he wrote back to me saying it wasn't him and... Somebody got it wrong. So internet fail. Uh, somebody failed big time at figuring out who the alleged killer was because turns out there's more than one Ryan Lanza in the New York City area. Hey, what do you know? There's something like, what, 20 million people living over there, 15, 20 million people. So odds well, are good sounds, there's going to be more than one Ryan Lanza. Sounds about uh, about like, what was it, the Aurora, Colorado theater shooting where I think it was ABC, like one of the major national morning shows, had Googled the name of the guy, mm-hmm. and there happened to be someone with the same name yep. that was part of some Tea Party meetup group in Denver. Mm-hmm. And so they figured it was the same guy. And they actually reported on this national morning show oh, this guy appears to have been a member of the Tea Party. And there's just no excuse. But they didn't even look at the ages of the guy. The guy that was the shooter was in his 20s. The guy that was a member of the Tea Party meetup was in his 50s. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There's no excuse for, uh, you know, especially journalists like mainstream. They have all the resources to do real investigative journalism. And when they get it wrong, it's like it's so sloppy. And it's also really important, like considering how important reputation is in one's life to uh, tarnish someone's reputation and to be getting it wrong. Like you can't go back from that. Right. Now, I don't know what mainstream, what if any mainstream media reported on this. Maybe they did. Uh, all I know is I saw it on Facebook. I checked with somebody who knew this guy, and he said it wasn't him. He linked me to you uh, to a U.S. news report, which really kind of lays it out. Uh, in the mad dash to identify the person responsible for the Friday shooting at the Newtown, Connecticut Elementary School, online News sources and thousands of social media users may have shared a photo fingering a man who had nothing to do with the shooting. Ryan Lanza, 24, was identified Friday afternoon as the shooter responsible for killing 26 people. Another article said 28 at the elementary school. By 2.45 Friday, more than 10,000 people had reshared a Facebook photo of a Ryan Lanza with the comments with comments like killer and rot in hell. And I imagine that he probably got a number of private messages which were much more threatening yes. than that knowing how people can jump to conclusions and that's I, why i think the 28 figure may be including his mother whom he okay. killed 
not inside the school, yep. plus himself. Plus himself. Uh, the Ryan Lonza that actually did it, not this Ryan Lonza who is still alive. Uh, but according to the Twitter account of a person who claims to be friends with the person in the widely circulated photo, that particular Ryan Lonza was not the shooter. Andrew Fletcher tweeted a screenshot reportedly from Lonza's Facebook page, which included status updates reading, I'm on the bus home now, it wasn't me, and everyone shut the F up, it wasn't me. And I had clicked this guy's profile myself, and just a few minutes after I'd clicked it, it went offline. So either he pulled it uh, down offline himself, or Facebook did something, I'm guessing it was him. That uh, that did it himself. Most he was likely, likely it was getting him. all kinds of hate from people. It was not immediately clear uh, that the incorrect person was identified, but if so, it could be an extremely costly mistake for news publications, including a number of online news outlets that ran the photo. Another Ryan Lanza, whose Twitter handle is Ryan underscore underscore Lanza, also found himself thrust into the news story. That person angrily tweeted this afternoon, saying, "Ha ha! I didn't kill anyone. Stop spamming my Twitter, please." The Facebook account of the Ryan Lanza, whose photo became the object of a near-universal disdain, was disabled by 3.30 this afternoon. A longer version of Lanza's Facebook feed was tweeted by at Matt Bores. In it, he writes, F-U-C-N-N, it wasn't me. So I guess CNN reported on this guy being the alleged killer. I mean, can you imagine what that could do to somebody? You, you talk about reputation, but what if there's somebody out there who decides they want to, you know, take it into their own hands and go and ice this dude? You know, without realizing that maybe you know maybe they didn't read the paragraph in the store, the news stories that said the killer killed himself or the killer ended up dead. We presume he killed himself. You know, and then they just saw this other story about so-called Ryan Lanza being the killer. Somehow, you know, know the guy or know where he lives or find out where he lives, and then take some sort of vengeful action against him. And oops, it's not that guy at all. I mean, that's that's pretty terrible. Yeah, and, it is. And it seems like sooner or later with lousy journalism, that will happen. Well, yeah. When it, Are the journalists going to be held accountable? Are they going to lose reputation points over this? It's possible. He could very well sue for uh, libel in this case. It's a pretty big mistake. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line because generally... You know, you can sue for libel, as I understand it, if your reputation's been damaged. And uh, he could certainly claim that. More coming up. You can bring up what you want. Share your thoughts. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, toll-free number 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Just head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we share with you there. In fact, if you like Free Talk Live, you can help us out by donating to the Bitcoin tip jar. Go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com. You'll find information about Bitcoins there. Maybe you haven't taken the time yet to visit weusecoins.org and to learn more about what the Bitcoin is, about how useful this digital decentralized currency is, something that is created by the digital community, not by some big corporation or government. 
This is a product that actually allows you to transfer money in digital form almost instantaneously across the world for zero cost. Now, it does cost to get into Bitcoin because whenever you transfer money from one currency into another, it does cost something for that currency transfer. But once you have Bitcoins, you can send them around as many times as you like, and there's no financial middleman getting in the way. There's no bank. There's no uh, visa company. There's no you know, credit card. There's nothing that's getting in the way of your financial freedom. It's truly an amazing concept. You really should go to WeUseCoins.org and learn more about that. Plus, there's a Bitcoin summit happening in Philly tomorrow. Oh, really? Yep. Now, these are happening across the country, I presume. I know they've been going on in Manchester, New Hampshire for, for a while. They uh, actually toured, around, toured it around and brought it out to Keene. Well, the and, one in Philly, it's actually the East Coast Bitcoin Summit. Oh, so this is like a big so deal. So it's a big regional gathering. So cool. And there's a lot of neat things that are coming out of the Bitcoin community, and it just keeps getting better as time goes on. And the Bitcoins seem to be getting more valuable as well. Uh, now well over $13 per Bitcoin, the most valuable currency in the world, as I understand it. So you owe it to yourself to learn more about it and also learn about blockchain.info. It's an online Bitcoin wallet where you can actually have an app for your Android or your jailbroken iPhone. And thanks to their fancy encryption techniques, blockchain never has access to your money. You can use their blockchain wallet to send Bitcoins to anyone you want via email, to your Facebook friends, or to anyone's cell phone number in just about every country around the world. All those services are free, by the way. Blockchain.info to learn more. That's blockchain.info. I asked on our Facebook uh, profile and also on Twitter, is more federal gun control coming? And will that further the secession movement? Because secession hit pretty big a few weeks ago, and I think the talk about it has died down a little bit. But there are obviously people out there who want to see their state break away from the United States. And some states are certainly more gun-friendly than others. Uh, What will happen in those gun-friendly states if you start to see a more federal government uh, kind of push towards less gun freedom? Will we see more people advocating for, uh, for secession? And ultimately, what if there is gun confiscation in the U.S.? What will that look like? Well, I would say it would look a lot like New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. At, well, Oath Keepers is a really cool organization of law enforcement officials who basically foresee, or I don't know if they, if they foresee something like that happening, but they at least... Uh, keep an oath to the Constitution, uh, stating specifically that in those cases that they will resist those measures. But they'll refuse to enforce an order if that it comes down from on high that they're supposed to go house to house, for instance, and confiscate people's firearms. The Oath Keepers will refuse to participate in that. But will the Oath Keepers do something to stop those who will participate? Probably not. Seems unlikely to me. And that's really the the question. The the scene after Katrina was pretty terrible, where they were literally going house to house, confiscating people's firearms. Uh, there was one video of an old lady that they literally tackled uh, because she had a pistol. Now, she wasn't waving the pistol at anybody. Uh, she just had a pistol, and they decided to use as much force as possible. I mean, you're talking about an 80-plus-year-old lady here who couldn't hurt a fly were it not for the pistol that she had and the california highway patrol officers had gone into her house that's right california highway patrol officers in louisiana doing gun confiscations uh that was actually happening 
you also had members of the National Guard in full camo- uh, camouflage gear marching through the streets, also engaged in gun confiscations. So, fact is, most people turned their guns in. Uh, they did as they were told. But there was one guy, and this I think was an ABC News video that kind of cataloged some of this stuff that went on. There was one guy who was an attorney, and I guess he knew what his rights were because he told these guys, you're not getting my guns. And, you know, basically threatened them and said, you know, if you come up my driveway and try to take my guns from me, I'm going to go out, you know, lead first. And I appreciate that perspective. I used to come from that perspective, but I, you know, find myself being more and more of a totally nonviolent peacenik uh, over time. But I get it that that's one of the reasons why guns were supposed to be allowed, right? Like originally was to protect the people from the government. Right. Uh, but yet at the same time, I know that if you get violent with the state, they're just going to end your life. You'll well, just be extinguished. At, at the time of the writing of the U.S. Constitution, when the Second Amendment was written that said the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, the people had the same weaponry as the military mm-hmm. because your average man was also in the militia and the militia made up the vast majority of the military that was ready to go fight whereas now your average man that owns a firearm does not have anything that remotely resembles weaponry owned or used by the military right they certainly don't have a bearcat i haven't seen any of those parked in anyone's driveways nope. so Yeah, I mean, does that change things? It's clear from reading the founders' words when, you know, they were doing this Constitution thing uh, that that they intended the Second Amendment to be a check on the power of the federal government as in literally to uh, have a violent revolt in the case of government overstepping its boundaries. But it's becoming more and more clear that having any kind of vision of that happening these days is just like that is not enough it's not about like who has the most guns and weapons and how can we control the power it's about you know it's it's you've got a nation of people who are brainwashed in these public indoctrination centers and that is really the power that they have it's not about how many weapons they have it's the controlling of people's minds right And one thing that I think is interesting, and this isn't really taught in government school, and as far as I know, it's not taught in private schools, that the founding fathers, a lot of them actually did tar and feather (laughs) some of the British government officials. I I have heard of this. I mean, actual tar and feathering. But the thing with the British government officials is they wouldn't have had the same level of uh, respect that the existing government guys do today. They don't have they wouldn't have had back then amongst a lot of the population the same level of legitimacy. Uh, and that's why you can easily kill a common criminal who or you know shoot a common criminal that comes into your home to rob you or, or rape you or you know horribly harm you in some way. And everyone will look at that and say, oh, well, you were in the right. I mean, a common criminal, he was going to hurt you. But if the government comes to take something from you, take your house from you, take your life from you, conf- you know, confiscate your person, put you in a cage, uh, then using violence against them is typically seen as you're crazy. Right. So I really struggle with this issue. You know, if they were to do house-to-house gun confiscations, I don't support violence to solve problems. 
But what do you do in that particular situation? I want your answer in the next segment. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves here. That's the point of the program. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. And Bitcoins, we were just talking about the Bitcoin in the last segment. Now you need to know where to get Bitcoins. Once you've decided you want to have some because they're an amazing currency that is totally, you know, open free market. Uh, it's open source. It is decentralized. There's no corporation that's running it, no government that can get involved. Once you decide you want some Bitcoins, go to bitinstant.com. They make it easy for you to turn cash into Bitcoins. You can do it at something like a million locations across the world. 30 different countries are possible, and BitInstant is that simple. I mean, really, you can just walk into a CVS or a Walmart. You can deposit cash at the MoneyGram location there, and then within moments, Bitcoins appear in your Bitcoin account. I mean, it's it's incredible. So, And there's some other options, too, like uh, using Dwala as a possibility and, and some others. Go to BitInstant.com to learn more. BitInstant.com as we go to the phones here. Michael's on the line listening in Huntsville. We've got to answer your question coming up here, Daryl. Don't let me forget that. But I want to get make sure we get Michael on listening to WBHP. Yes, I was just saying that uh, one thing you're not looking into, you're thinking that if they start the gun confiscation, then it's just going to be maybe one person here and there that might do something. This is entirely different. We all we the people outnumber these communists out here. All right, and <laughs> everybody's going to know you give up the guns, you're going to spend the rest of your life in slavery, and so is everybody else, man generations down the line. So the things go get going here, the shooting's gonna start and it won't be just one or two people here and there. It's gonna be millions and millions and millions of us. And those people are just you know, they're trying to take these guns, they're gonna be in bad shape. Okay, so cops asked me before if I had a permit for a gun, and I said, Yeah, me. You got a problem with that man? I've never had any cop try to get a gun away from me because they know they're not gonna get it. And I have a feeling that there would be some level of resistance to gun confiscations in this country, not just physical resistance, but also the obvious lawsuits and uh, things like that to tie up whatever new laws might be passed to authorize such a thing. Um, And Michael, thank you for sharing that thought. I appreciate hearing from you tonight here on Free Talk Live at 855-450-FREE. Now, what was the question you wanted me to answer, Daryl? You asked the question of if there were door-to-door gun roundups, how people would respond. I thought it was how he would respond. Well, I mean, that's that's the question I asked on Facebook. I said, what would you do if there were house-to-house gun confiscations? And we could share some of your answers here in a bit if you'd like. 855-450-FREE is the number. And it's something that I, you know, this is an issue I've struggled with, you know, for a long time. Uh, once upon a time, I would have been the guy who said, you know, you're not going to get my gun from me, you know, except lead first. 
and I I don't really feel like I'm that person anymore, and I've kind of rejected violence as a method uh, for change. I don't reject violence fully, so I'm not a full-on peacenik. I'm not a full-on pacifist. You're not a pacifist, but you no. don't believe that you have to kill anyone to prove it. <laughs> right. I'm not a I'm not a pacifist. Um, I I can see the value in self defense. I can see the value in defending innocent others as well. But I have a really tough time with the idea of using violence in self-defense against the state simply because of the legitimacy factor. There's the legitimacy factor that people will see it as crazy, but also it will get you killed. I mean, you know, if you use violence against the state, they will turn their guns around on you so fast. You will face 10 times the amount of officers. Like, you know, if a couple officers come to confiscate somebody's guns and that person ices those cops, then it's only a matter of time before 20 times as many cops show up. Right. And they're probably not going to send one or two cops to every door. They're going to send four or five. Maybe. Maybe. Because and then you're on the run at that point. You know, you're not going to stay there. You're going to have to be on the run, and they're going to be looking for you with all of their might. Uh, and then, of course, you know, I guess the argument would be, well, if enough people did that, then there would be, you know, they wouldn't go around and confiscate people's guns. I guess that's, that's Right, the but argument. they're not coming for a thousand people at a time. They're going door to door. So would you attempt to flee? I think that what would make more sense would be uh, to hide the guns, personally. That would I was be... just wondering how useful a gun safe might be in the situation. Well, they probably could order you to give over the passcode for whatever gun safe you have. I saw the most yeah. brilliant gun safe ever on Facebook a couple of days ago. It was someone had taken a refrigerator... And basically removed all of the components that make it keep the refrigerator cool. Mm -hmm. And they turned it into a gun safe that just looks like a refrigerator. No one would ever think to look in there for guns. I don't know about that. I mean, it doesn't have a lock on it. It's an actual safe. No, it it just looks like a refrigerator. If they're looking for guns in your house, they're going to open up everything that could possibly have a gun in it. I mean, they're not. If if they're looking for pot plants in in your house, they're not going to not open up the fr- the refrigerator. Well, the cops probably would, but a common criminal isn't I going to look saying. in your refrigerator. Okay, fine, yeah. yeah. But we're talking about the police coming right. and confiscating weapons. So, I mean, I don't believe that guns that using violence will solve the problem of the state, and so I tend to be against it. But at the same time. I understand the perspective that people, you know, the argument that, well, if you don't defend yourself, then that gives essentially them permission to go around and confiscate people's firearms. And then you look at all the different societies in which firearms have been confiscated and you see mass slaughter coming shortly thereafter. So there's it's it's a real tough issue. I mean, if there was some kind of organized resistance, then I would definitely join in. I feel like it's not going to be a game changer for, uh, you know, for mankind if people respond violently towards the state. I think that that's like basically playing into the state's hands. It's people. That's what we further legitimize. That's who Americans know as terrorists: people that resist tyranny in the Middle East against the United States government. And you know, if you really think about it. Uh, you know, if you use that logic, then all the people that fought in the Revolutionary War against the British, they were all terrorists. Like, same logic. Yeah. So it's it's 
more about people believing that the United States can do no harm. And if they've really won that battle of hearts and minds, then that is the battle. It's not a physical battle. It's not about, you know, how many cops can you kill? That That's like you're they're missing the the larger problem i think when when people reduce it to that do you own any firearms i do i think i am the only one here that does not own anything that could be classified as a firearm but yet you're the one who's going to join up on a militia <laughs> like ali and i own a firearm and we're to- almost total peaceniks but you're the one saying if it came down to con- gun confiscation you join a militia if there was organized resistance that means militia, right? I mean, isn't that what you're talking about? That's that's code for uh, for militia. Uh, I I don't like using the term militia. So you wouldn't join if they called themselves the militia. We are the organized resistance, and we're calling ourselves the keen militia. You would just decide <laughs> to not join in that case. No, I, I'm just saying I don't like using the I term see. militia. But you would join a militia if they were the organized resistance, depending on what their end goals were. Okay. You know, if it was an organized resistance that I agreed with. And there was some kind of edict of we're going door to door. And this group said we will uh, organize and prevent this from happening. I would join. With violence. How do you stop it without violence? I don't know how you stop it with violence. That's a good point. Well, the argument would be, I think, and you're welcome to comment here, 855-450-FREE. Maybe there's some aspect we're missing. I'm sure there is. But the argument from the, the supporters of violence, of which I'm not one, but the arguments from them would be that, well, if people re- resist, then they won't continue the confiscations because they'll be too afraid of being right. killed. But the way, the way that they would go about doing gun confiscation, if they ever do it, is door to door. But if there was some kind of organized resistance of, you know, we will do something to prevent them from coming into this area. What I would could like, that be? I do not know. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Maybe slash their tires or something like that. Something Stand in the middle wrench. of the street yeah. and prevent the Bearcat from rolling some, through. Some sort of monkey wrenching, some sort of civil disobedience. Free talk live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Even in these remaining moments, there's enough time for you and your thoughts at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And Daryl. And, of course, uh, we will take your calls about anything. You're also invited to get interactive online at freetalklive.com, where you get to control the content of the website, submit what you want as show prep, and then it must be voted up enough times to make it to the front page and the top of the site, uh, you can go and get interactive in that way, as well as a number of others at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can go to promote.freetalklive.com. That's where you'll find a free bumper sticker. You can get the instructions on how to get one of those. You can also download some web graphics. 
Use those on your website, uh, you know, link to Free Talk Live. You can also, of course, uh, find us on Facebook, like us there, follow us on Twitter as well. You can go to promote.freetalklive.com to get a list of things you can do to help support Free Talk Live. Again, promote.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Abel. He's listening in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, Abel. Hey, Ian. Good to talk to you. Hey, you're also on with Allie and Daryl. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, good to, good to talk to all of them. We haven't met out yet, Allie, but I met Daryl over at the Bitcoin thing. Excellent, sir. Go ahead with your thoughts. Um, uh, number one, uh, the there's a link I just sent you on the Facebook page, uh, Free Talk Live, uh, that will take you to a real good timeline that shows uh, actually a picture of it's Adam Lanza, the 20-year-old brother of... Uh, the other guy, <laughs> who Ryan Lanza. Ryan, Ryan Lanza, right, the right. Uh, the alleged shooter. Right. Yeah, so I, you know, I've been following this one timeline, and it seems like it did have Ryan Lanza on early on, but uh, but switch switched over to Adam. And uh, okay, I guess Ryan is the of the two brothers, the kind of the level-headed guy, and. This poor kid. I, I have no idea. I'm, you know, I'm almost certain. Like, uh, like uh, Molyneux says that uh, there probably was some damage done to him in his child rearing. But anyway, odds are good. It does tend to be that people who are abused as children end up abusing others as adults, or worse. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, about back to the uh, continuum of force. Uh, number one, uh, the whole, you know, back to the words being polluted and destroyed by contemporary media, uh, the word militia. Uh, I, I, I read a definition in um, uh, an 1800 uh, vintage uh, dictionary, and it said militia, you know, all men from you know, 16 to 49 or something like that. And, uh, and basically that's what it was. Everybody was expected to, to take up arms, to do training. Mm -hmm. And and it was, you know, you elected your officers. Um, it was an organized grassroots defense force. Uh, and, and they didn't call themselves militia at the time. Uh, they called themselves the, uh, uh, Committees of safety. Hmm. And, that certainly sounds uh, a lot but, a lot nicer and less violent. Well, you know, and 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 they would be people that would go and help people when they were in need, when there was, you know, floods or fires or whatever. They would be a team of guys that would get together and, you know, be the volunteer, whatever they needed to be. And you know, I guess they did training. And and you know, there are people actually in the effort to you know, create that here in New Hampshire. Uh, there's a Committees of Safety uh, Facebook group, uh, too. Um, Interesting. I but, had not heard uh, that uh, terminology before. I think it uh, it certainly sounds better. I agree uh, with you know, that. Was, that that's revolutionary war terminology mm-hmm. for, for the, you know, what they called the Minutemen. I guess the Minutemen were a special elite force of them, but there was, you know, I mean, that's why... You know, they they were successful in their rebellion. Abel, thanks for sharing that story tonight. I do appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. Let's go to Andrew, listening in California. Andrew, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Allie, and Daryl. Hey, guys. Hey, Andrew. Uh, 
you know, new listener. I'm glad you guys took my call. That's what um, we do. Go I ahead. Talk... <laughs> Thanks. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys about a news report that I just saw. And I know, it's, you know, mainstream media doesn't, you know, really report all the good news. But um, they have a link on their website to newsten.net, and it's about a Manteca officer shooting of a supposedly gang member. And the, the video clearly shows that this guy was unjust in shooting. Um, he murdered this guy in front of his house, uh, getting out of his car. They said he had a knife. Um, but in, in the dash cam video that they put on the link, it clearly shows that the knife that they found in the bed of the truck was used by the officer to cut the shirt off. And he totally just reached behind him and put it in the bed of the truck. Wow. And this is what they reported on the news that they found, they later found the knife in the bed of the truck. That sounds like an article that should definitely be shared with cop block. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, I wanted to see if you guys maybe wanted to watch the video and give us some thoughts on it. Well, did you say you had submitted it over at the Free Talk Live website? No, I did not. I can't seem to figure out how to take them from news10.net and put and share them. That doesn't have a. All you have to do is is copy the link. You just take the link from okay. the story and then put submit that as show prep over at freetalklive.com. It'll then appear to where others can vote it up or vote it down, depending on whether or not they like it. Uh, and that's that's that way you don't have to worry about embedding anything. You just take the link and drop that on our website over at uh, freetalklive.com. Just click submit a link or submit uh, show prep rather submit show prep, and uh, it's a pretty simple okay. form right there. Very cool. Yeah, like I said, I'm kind of a new listener. You know, newly awakened. Uh, a couple months ago. So right on. Well, welcome aboard, Andrew. Glad you're listening. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. I'd ask the question on Facebook, what would you do if there were house-to-house gun confiscations? I like Jeremy's answer. Jeremy Nussel says, well, first, I would not answer the door. Nice. And most people would answer the door. Most people, when the police come to the front door, they feel like they have to answer it. Why? I think it's because of movies. And television shows. Yeah, because you know, if you I don't think, answer the door, they just knock it down. I, I, and this is not an argument to like censor uh, someone's artwork, uh, but people are very affected by movies. Oh yeah, and it, it's it's surprising, and like I have to see it myself. Did did this bias of mine come from some movie I watched? Like, is Disney playing some mind tricks on me? And and yeah, I've like had to. I've had to come to grips with, you know, there's reality and there's the things that you've you've sort of taken from art forms which have presented this other reality and made yeah, you and think that there's an appropriate way to respond to situations. Well, when and really- it's subconscious probably for, you know, to a lot of to a large extent. I mean, you've just seen it so many times in movies. I mean, what movie uh, does what movie has the protagonist not answer the door for the police? You may see some sort of TV show or some movie where the antagonist, the bad guy in the movie or whatever, doesn't answer the door. But in what movie does a good law-abiding person not answer the door for the police? It happens every single time. Even like the kids at the party that are, you know, not hurting anybody, but they're having, you know, an underage party or something like that. Every single time they open the door for the police. And, of course, it's also backed up by what we perceive of as reality, a reality television. You know, you look at Cops, probably the longest running reality TV series out there. Cops was around from before there was reality TV, right. before there was that title. And uh, the Cops editors 
are looking to make the cops look good. It's a propaganda piece more yeah. than anything Cop-aganda. else. Yeah, and so they will only include if, – if the cops go up to your door and they've got the cops crew with them and you refuse to open the door, guess what? Your you know, clip is not going to be included in the show. Same with somebody who if they're asked to search by a police officer on the show Cops and they refuse the search – they're not going to show you that clip on the television show. They're only going to show you the people who obediently allow the police to search. And then, oh, what do you know? They find a bag of pot or something else, you know, open container or whatever. So it's, I think it's to some extent subconscious. You don't even think. People don't even think before opening the door for the police. I know. And, and it would be weird to watch a show and then all of a sudden, you know, the protagonist doesn't answer the door for the police. You'd want to know why. Like, you know, it's like, whoa, well, he believes in his, his rights to not answer the door to the police. And he realizes the p- police is a bigger threat to him than, like, almost any other group of people. It's like, no, that right. would have to all be, be explain explicitly explained, you yeah. know. You wouldn't be able to explain it. And it wouldn't make for good conflict. You know, the police yeah. are, there, are written into the show in order to have a conflict, usually, with people. And so you, you wouldn't know, be moving you, that forward. You were forward. talking about the kids having underage parties and answering the doors. Mm-hmm. When we were out cop blocking a couple of weeks ago, the first call we went to was an underage party, and someone inside the house actually had a bullhorn, and they were bullhorning to all of the friends, get out of the house, and the cop said, we're here for a noise complaint. Knock that off. <laughs> all right, we're out of time for tonight. Join Allie on her website, AllieHavens.com, Daryl on his at FPP.cc, and get more Free Talk Live any old time you want at FreeTalkLive.com. We'll see you tomorrow for the live Saturday edition. Hey, podcasters, it's uh, it's that time of year again. Uh, ProFlowers.com is advertising with Free Talk Live, and we're delighted to have them. They are a big advertiser, and um, it's a really good thing. They've already committed to upping their ad buy as a result of, uh, you know, what you guys did during Mother's Day and buying, you know, bouquets and that kind of thing during Mother's Day. Thank you for doing that. Um, they've, you know, like I said, exponentially increased their ad buy for um, – the valentine's day holiday but they've uh are also advertising here with us during christmas and it's podcast only that they're advertising so they have faith in you guys i have faith in you guys in order to uh sort of maintain what we're uh, doing for them and they've got a really great little offer here for 19.99 so 20 bucks you can get Santa's workshop mini cypress tree is what it's called and it comes with its uh, you know with decorations free lights and ornaments it's a it's a little christmas tree that uh, you know it takes care of that uh, it can take care of your entire holiday decorating at the house so all you have to do is have this little tree you can send it to a, a child or a family member or even a um, you know wife or loved one whomever and i think it'll make a great little gift um, it's a little christmas tree and um, you can get it from proflowers.com you can uh, upgrade to the angel and snowflake ornaments with white lights for just $10 more. The tree comes, um, you know, the, the standard one comes with uh, festive red, with a festive red 10 with colorful lights and 12 wooden ornaments. So you can go to proflowers.com and um, take a look at those great looking trees. And this is a one week only special, by the way. There will be um, other specials coming up. For this deal, go to proflowers.com, click on the mic in the top and type in FTL. It's always FTL for Free Talk Live um, in all of our advertisers. Uh, this live mini Christmas tree is perfect for someone who doesn't have a room for a big tree, whether it's a dorm room or a small apartment or whatever. You can get your mini Christmas tree ready to decorate for just $20. You can call 800-P-R-O-Flowers. 
and mention FTL or go to proflowers.com. Click the microphone in the top right corner, type in FTL. It's proflowers.com, the microphone, FTL. And the offer expires on midnight Friday. Yes, I did ask what time, which time zone, and they said Pacific. So offer ends Pacific time midnight on Friday. 